Hello, and welcome to the Moncast. A podcast where we watch Pokemon and Digimon in tandem, and discuss the similarities and differences that they share. My name's Stevie. And I'm Sam. And the score currently stands at 27-25 to Digimon. And this time we are watching episode 53, Now Apocalymon and the Breeding Centre Secret. across the nation this is a theme song it's not very long it starts here from at connor with an o where he says please don't ship digmin okay we'll ship digimon if we want to did we ship any i can't remember i think it's when we started putting names together they assumed that we were shipping them well no i wouldn't i wouldn't ship them romantically we were just putting the names together because it was fun yeah we weren't shipping them that'd be odd I don't really ship 10-year-olds and all mythical creatures. Digital monsters. Fine, digital monsters. Jomamon is still a great name, though. Next thing they say is that, in Sora's defence, the world is garbage and hard to justify saving, and the bad guys are all robots and dragons. How cool is that? Seems like two points merged in one tweet. I think the first point is when we were saying that Sora's whole sad thing is kind of dumb because you'd want to save the world i don't know maybe she doesn't feel like it should be up to her to have to go and save the world i mean she didn't choose to be in this position even though they kind of did by going back but they didn't really have a choice so maybe in doing this she's had her first like bit of time to sit and think about what what they're doing and it's kind of overwhelmed her a bit or maybe they all feel that a little bit and it's just this this cave thing has managed to draw that out of her i still think it was worse than matt's thing it was kind of pointless it did feel a bit forced whilst matt had genuine concerns and they were things that he's had since like the start of the season yeah i did feel like it, it, it almost finished his little arc that he had throughout the show which was annoying but i'm glad that it's come to a conclusion now but i do feel Sora's was kind of out there like, it's not really specific to her. It was obvious that she was going to come to the conclusion that she has to save the world, because she already knew that. It was just kind of shoehorned in. And the next tweet says, Please don't F baby pokey pokes. And I don't know what that's referring to, because I don't think we ever mentioned effing baby pokey pokes. So I don't think you have to worry about that. We're definitely not going to be effing any baby pokey pokes. No, ew. Next thing is from Lost in Translation Man where they shared a picture of this new Greymon figure and said that you and May are both going to get it. Yeah, I saw it today and I've seen the price of it on like eBay and stuff and it's a lot, so I'm going to have to go through like a third party to get it. But it's it's huge. It is big. It's like a foot tall, it looks like. Maybe more. Yeah, somewhere between like a foot, foot and a half, two feet. It's hard to get a scale. It's big though. It's the, the biggest model they've released. Which, you know, I don't really buy them, but I have to buy this one because it's Greymon and it's the best. But it has to it's also going to be the most expensive one, so I'm a bit like, eh. One thing I'm not fond of with it is its knees. Its knees look really knobbly. Okay. It's too knobbly. I'm sorry? They've ruined Greymon's knees. That was Greymon's best feature. I think it's always weird to see something that's essentially a 2D animation be put into, like, really detailed 3D. It does look great, though. Yeah, it does look really nice. I'm hoping they all look as shiny as that one. I'm hoping you can take Ty off the bat, because I, I don't really want Ty on the bat. It's cool, but like I don't really want him there. He doesn't need to be part of it. 
mostly because I, if I was going to get it, I'd probably get Ty and Agumon one. I don't really want Ty and Greymon because Greymon's cool and doesn't need to be part of Ty. I just want Matt and Gururumon to go with my TK and Patamon. That makes sense. That's like the only reason. And Wolves are cool. Okay debatable but okay i'm trying to think if there was anything else really may from lost in translation man asked us why don't we cover two episodes in one episode and i think we've mentioned this before but it's just because we like the length that we have at the moment and it's really hard to record all of that in one sitting with our busy lives yeah because we already do essentially two episodes an episode yeah it would essentially double what we've got and i do like doing the one-to-one it's quite good it does mean we have a bit more legwork to get stuff done, like doing two episodes a week and stuff, but that that's it's it's okay. I mean it's essentially doing two episodes over over two days. It's fine. It works. I think at the start of like season two that it'll be better because we'll have everything tightened up and, and we'll have a better flow of everything. Obviously with this one working on essentially what we had from the start of season one, which is good stuff and we've we've worked out a nice way of getting it to work. But there are some things that we can drop and move around just to make it a bit more efficient. Which we will start in, what, about a month? It will be like four or five weeks after all the specials and stuff, probably. If we survive the movie. Two movies and a special. That's going to be so much stuff to talk about. Yep, that's all the Adman. The first episode we are watching this time is Now Apocalyman. As the budget runs dry for this season, the kids decide to take a trip down reusable footage lane. Apocalymon is also there, but he's less of an ultimate evil and more like an angsty teen who doesn't want to get along with everyone, even though they are absolutely fine with him. Well, the plot of this episode is really simple. There's about five minutes worth of actual plot and the rest is padding. The rest is just do the same thing eight times once per kid. Yeah, so it starts off with the kids. They've just defeated Piedmon. The last bit of Spiral Mountain gets destroyed and then they fall into this, um, they fall into this like darkness pit thing until they decide that they're where they need to be and they stop falling. They get a Skype call from Jedi, who's telling them that the Digimon who created the Dark Masters has broken free from beyond a firewall to destroy the world. It's not a firewall. It's a wall of fire. There were originally five other kids who've been sent there in the past to defeat him. So we get a lot of, like, random bits of flavour text. Because, like, knowing that there were five kids doesn't really advance the story or anything. It's just a, oh, there were some other kids like you before. They hear this noise and it's this ultimate evil who is Apocalymon who appears and I quite like the design of Apocalymon. Yeah, his design's alright. He's like an angry geometric shape. With claws on DNA tentacles. And then there's just a tiny person on top with hot and cold running water. Oh, he's so bad. One of two of the worst jokes in this entire show. He is nothing but bad jokes. He is. He's so bad. Um, yeah. All of his puns are pure evil. He is the ultimate evil, even though Piedmon was so much worse than this guy. Yeah. Piedmon made jokes, but he was deadly serious. That's the thing. It matched his character. Like, he was supposed to be this clown who these silly jokes and at the same time stab you <laughs> several times. This guy's just annoying. Piedmon, I... He wasn't my favourite Dark Master. It used to be Machine Drummond because he's quite quiet and, and attacks and stuff and is just a giant powerhouse and mostly because of Digimon World 1. But now I think my, my favourite's probably Piedmon because he's just he's kind of sadistic. I think my favourite just changes every time I think about what my favourite is. They all have likeable things as villains. I think uh, seeing Piedmon again has refreshed what I liked about him, which is essentially what I don't like about him because he's uh, kind of an evil, evil person. 
But anyway, this Apocalymon reveals that he's basically made out of all of the Digimon that failed to Digivolve and return to eggs. Which is interesting. He's basically the recycle bin. Yeah, basically. I assume it's less, you know, Argumon Digivolve to Greymon fails than dies. I assume it's more of, like, a Digimon would evolve into a certain line. It can't evolve any further. And, like, that line sort of ends there. It's less so much that they die as they try to evolve. It's they get to a point where there's an evolution that doesn't go any further. He's made from the Digimon that passed away before they could digivolve any further. Which is sad. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a sad thing, but that's how evolution works. It's probably why we ended up with a lot of Digimon, which are basically metal and machines, because we've gone past dinosaurs and stuff, even though some of the dinosaurs are the best Digimon. Well, they're all just made out of the internet, basically. It also makes sense if you think about things that we've had and things that we used to use on the internet and things that we used to use with computers that have essentially died out like we don't use floppy disks anymore floppy man died of old age we've essentially got rid of cds as well now because of streaming services and stuff i use cds well they're still around but i think they're on the decline especially with things like netflix and stuff there's no there's not the requirement to buy a physical copy of a thing so it's cool it's cool how they've got this concept of computers and and digital stuff being obsolete like computers seem to be one of the things that have existed in such a short span of time and so much of it has become obsolete essentially the concept of the original computer is now obsolete because it's it's now taken on this new thing which is essentially, you know, you've even got phones which are computers because that's what they are. Phones just happen to be a function of them. So it's cool to see that in a form in the digital world and then all that stuff goes somewhere in the case of it being Apocalymon, which is cool because he does look like a, a great big silo or something which you'd store all his data because he's a great big shape. I think we're overthinking this whole thing about what he's made out of. Well, it's that or we talk about how bad his puns are well it's just bad puns we don't need to mention every single one he's got a really good design and i kind of like him and i think he would have been a really good villain if he just stopped talking stop talking say half the stuff you said he has some cool abilities and stuff but it's all let down by the fact that he only gets the crust yeah so he has a massive sort of monologue dialogue thing where he just whines about how he's miserable and he's going to make everyone else miserable with him in the darkness Oh, one bit I also liked was when he's saying about how he's made of extinct Digimon. Izzy goes off on a little rant about facts, about saying about, you know, how there are things in evolution like uh, Tasmanian tigers and stuff that have gone extinct due to, and then Apocalymon just shuts them up. I thought that was kind of good because that's the thing Izzy does. He goes on these little rants about random facts and stuff and to have him just shut down by Apocalymon because he's so moody, it was kind of good. He also asks, like, if the kids think that he could get along with everybody, like if he could coexist because he's made of sadness and misery. And everyone's like, oh yeah, you know, you're you, you can do what you do, you can get along with everybody. He's like, no, I'm too angsty and too miserable. I'm made of so much pain and darkness, I couldn't get along with anybody, because he's just an angsty teen. So he attacks everyone, using other Digimon's attacks. All the bad Digimon from the past have just come back in his tentacle things. This happens for a while, and then he just goes... Digivolve everyone. Instead of just starting with digivolving everybody or essentially digivolving them, then just crushing them because they're tiny, he uses attacks of every or a lot of the villains that they've fought before just to show everybody that he has got the data of everybody that they've defeated essentially. He is essentially the sentient recycle bin. So everybody gets de digivolved. Then he takes everybody's tags and crests so they can't digivolve again and he breaks them apart and then he starts to dissolve the kids as well. 
and the partners and they become little little bits of data and they get uh, thrown into this world of like just white with bits of ones and zeros flying around Izzy says that they're in the world of data and I'm like the data world the digital world is it different from the digital world or is it the same thing it's apparently they're in the world of data maybe it's like they're on an atomic level my thought was it was almost like an in-between place slight spoiler stuff it's not really spoilers because it's mentioned in other things as well it's like they're in the atomic sea that like that ocean of all this information and data that exists which is a part of the universe it's canon for the universe and they're sort of just there floating as bits stretched across this expanse and then they have to like collect themselves somehow what they've essentially done is they've made the simplest background that they can just drag and drop characters that aren't moving apart from their mouths to save as much money as physically possible it's very surreal it's, it's nice as an idea, but when you think about it as as a as a writer and a designer, they were like, you can tell that they were like, okay, we haven't got much budget left. Let's just have the whitest background and some one like three different sets of ones and zeros, and then have images of the kids that we already have, and just make them talk and just drag them across the screen, and just that's how we'll get them to talk. It's like, yeah, okay. It's just gone from like dark black space background to empty white void background and considering the last episode where we had them going into different places and rooms and stuff which they didn't need to do but they did anyway they had them following this path and then piedmon picking them off and stuff that was so good and to now have this thing that does lots of puns and then to be in blotchy space and now to this white it's like oh they've, they've you can tell they've really tried to save money on it and then they start padding it out with everybody's talking and then they have flashbacks to random events in the season and it's like mm, okay i guess i guess we can have a flashback episode this is just supposed to be like the culmination of all of the development but they don't do a very good job of it because all the flashbacks are just to battles very few character moments are brought up it's just the kids don't really say much it's mostly just the digimon going remember when i fought to protect you it's just variations of that. Like kids being like, yep. Yeah. Do you remember that time? Yep. Do you remember that moment when we did that? Yep. The only really good one is Matt and Gabumon's reflection because it's all just Matt going, yeah, Gabumon, I know. You don't need to say it. Yeah, I thought that was quite nice. It's, it's almost like another little character moment for him because he, he does seem to be comfortable in silence. So when he and Gabumon run together, they don't always have to talk about everything. I thought that was quite nice. He's like, you don't need to say it. We were both there. It's 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 fine. We understand this. But do you remember when we did Yes, Gabumon, I was there. You were there. We were both there. What about that time where, yes, I was also there. I thought that was really sweet. He just wants to tell him about the times because everybody else got to do it. I thought that was sweet. Yeah. And after all of the Digimon have said their bit, all the kids say their bit with the like, yeah, we came to the digital world and if we hadn't come, this wouldn't have happened, yada yada yada, etc, etc. Their crests start glowing inside them because they were inside them the entire time, which actually makes sense because I'm pretty sure Jedi said that it was traits that they had, like special qualities that they had within them, and they used that as a power source, which makes perfect sense. Like the tags and crests were kind of representations of that. So if they were able to harness those traits within them anyway then why would they need the tags and crests it's the placebo effect all over again i feel like it was more that it was it was more of a journey that they had to go through like in a weird sense they had to go and find the the crests themselves to discover that thing about them which is the thing that they use as a power source so when they found it like i think when they found the crests they immediately didn't need to use them anymore it was basically a representation essentially they got their badges like even if they had the badges took away from them 
they still have the stuff they did to earn them. And I feel like this is just them realising that the entire time they've not really needed the crests. They just react to that trait activating inside them, which was kind of cool and makes sense. Yeah, just keep telling yourself that it makes sense. (laughs) It will. It kind of does. Okay, well, now we have about five minutes of evolution and we get every single evolution in the show every single one that's eight of them and all we have is the kids saying their crest and then we get the first evolution to champion and then the second evolution to ultimate and then for matt and tights uh warpage evolution and that takes about five minutes of time and it just completely stops the episode dead because you get sincerity evolution evolution screen noise screen noise it's that little like screechy noise that happens we get that so much in this i watched this bit at two times speed by the way and it was still annoying i don't remember the the background music just being screeching but it might as well have been. I think I heard it more because it was faster, but it's it's in the first evolution that it's got that background screechy noise. There's also the bit where it looks back at the real world and all of them are watching and just telling the kids to do good and not die. We believe in you. I'm just thinking about with the time distortion thing that's going on and all the parents watching this at like 400 times speed. I assume that when it's connected, it slows down to like earth speed just because just because otherwise it'd be weird they've just been watching the whole time just like whoa 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 they've already taken out all four of them maybe actually because they're, they're still stood there so maybe everything that's happened has been fast i have, i feel like whenever it does connect with the human world it goes down to that speed because otherwise they would have been stood there for for many days many days they've been stood there for ages just watching so i'm getting hungry but i have to keep watching <laughs> If they actually just came back to Earth and everyone had died because they'd been watching the entire time. So yeah, we get five minutes of evolution, then everybody assembles themselves, and then we get that like freeze frame of them all stood there, and Kari looks weird for some reason. I always notice how Kari's got her arms like down, and she looks really angry, and it just looks really weird. And then the episode ends because, yeah. But next time the Avengers will fight the alien threat, and then we'll see who wins. Yeah, and that's the episode. It's so bad. Any notes then? Jedi is just there for exposition and is really annoying again. Apocalymon is the worst. It's full of flashbacks because I can't be bothered animating anything. The explanation of the crest sucks and makes no sense. And then it's just full of five minutes of digivolutions. Yep, it's a bad one. We got a bad one. It's so bad. It's so empty. Okay, well, what was your favourite thing? Matt and Goblimon's exchange in the void because that was really funny. Yeah, I found this hard because it is basically all just padding. I kind of like the bit where Izzy gets shut down by Apocalymon because he wants to go off on one of his little rants. It's like the one good contribution from Apocalymon. Yeah, the one that isn't a joke. Overall thoughts? It's so meh. It's so very, very meh. It's just so much padding and filler and it wasn't really necessary. We haven't learned anything. We've literally had... They fell down. They spoke to this thing. They got disassembled and now they're back together again. What is Apocalymon for? Why is he here? It would have been nice if instead of having Apocalymon, we had them like seeing the reborn digital world and spending a bit of time talking to everybody that was there. Or even have more time for the Dark Masters. Yeah, they were good. Apocalymon isn't good. Flashbacks aren't good. So many bad things. The second episode we're watching is The Breeding Center Secret. 
Ash and Co. stumble into a Team Rocket plot by new characters Butch and Cassidy, who are pretending to run a breeding centre in order to steal Pokemon. Misty is the only one to escape from the place while everyone else is taken into custody for being Pokesnatchers. Fortunately, Pikachu manages to retrieve some photographic evidence and gets everyone out of trouble. Then Todd definitely leaves this time. Yeah, Todd's still there. I want him to go away. That's all I want. They're just in some random city and, and Todd is taking photos of Misty and Togepi. And it's like, why is he still there? Surely they got rid of him last episode. His whole character is, I take photos. And they've stretched him out over three episodes. And have you noticed how in most of these episodes, his use of a camera or him being there has been important to the plot? His camera didn't do anything last episode. He told them that the thing was there. If he wasn't there, they wouldn't have gone to it. He was reduced to even less than camera guy last episode. And in this one, the camera was important, but also Officer Jenny could have just gone into the back of the thing and looked at the stuff that was there. It doesn't start with them walking through a forest for once. No, they're actually in a city. We don't know what the city is because it's not plot important. No, it's a filler episode. It doesn't matter where they are. They get a weather report that it's going to be clear skies for the day, and then they get an advert for Pokemon Love Power. Five-star breeding centre. It's not a breeding centre, it's a daycare centre. Yeah, it's not a breeding centre at all. Also, like I said in the last episode, that this episode will probably be a Brock episode because it's a breeding centre and Brock wants to be a Pokemon breeder. Brock has like three lines in this episode. No, it's it's more of a Misty episode than anything, which I'm quite happy about. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. So Misty gets the idea to check in Psyduck to really test if this breeding centre is all it's making itself out to be. Because if they can make Psyduck good, they can do anything. <laughs> Sidely gets put on one of those little airport conveyor belt things and like, like he's just disappearing backwards through the little flap curtain stuff and he just like disappears and I thought that's well and good but what happens if they're like a Rhyhorn or a bigger Pokemon do they just put them somewhere else? I guess they only accept smaller Pokemon. So they leave and Ash says that he thinks Misty's going to leave Psyduck there and never come back which she won't do because like even though Psyduck's kind of dumb she still loves it like he says to Misty that maybe you're going to abandon it then I'm like no Ash it's your it's your job to abandon Pokemon <laughs> of the teams who's got the biggest track record of abandoning Pokemon for no reason Butterfree Primeape almost Pikachu <laughs> he almost left behind Pikachu that's just like unforgivable <laughs> but yeah Ash asks if he should keep Psyduck instead. I'm like, ah, stop this. She left it there to test out its, the breathing center's capabilities. Can't be like, oh, you left, you abandoned your Pokemon. Maybe I should take it because you don't treat it nicely. It's like, well, you left loads of yours. You're going to leave your best friend because you found more of them. You found out it wasn't so rare. This isn't rare anymore. It can go. Be gone, tiny yellow thing. But anyway, they leave and they stumble across restaurant that says hungry outside. The sign just says restaurant hungry. If you show the owner his favorite Pokemon, you get free food, which is kind of a bad plan because once you find out what the Pokemon is, he never tells them, by the way, until like after they've shown him all of their Pokemon and then spent some time being like, remember, kids, these Pokemon exist. We have all these Pokemon, collect them all. Well, they have to guess first, don't they? Kind of. He shows them a photo. Yeah, straight after. And of course, it's one of Todd's photos. That's a very important point. Todd is the only Pokemon photographer on the planet. And of course, that Pokemon just so happens to be a Psyduck, because what else would it be in this world of random coincidence and crazy happenstance? In the last episode, they used each other, each other team's Pokemon, and this episode, it happens to be the one Pokemon that Misty has left behind. Whoa, crazy world. It's 
Pokeworld weirdness? No, it's we need to write a plot, so let's make stuff happen because we don't care. Just buy the toys, kids. Let's make stuff happen. That's just the entire thought process behind every episode. So Misty rushes back to the breeding centre to get her Psyduck because she really wants all that ice cream that's being delivered. All 50 gallons of it might run out. Oh, yes. Who gets a 50-gallon shipment of ice cream? That guy. That's a lot of ice cream. That is a lot of ice cream. But the breeding centre is closed, so Misty breaks in. Misty's like, I'm going to just go around the back and see if there's a way in. Just, I'm, I'm going to let myself in there. I'm just going to let myself in and get my Pokemon back. It's actually more about Misty and co. This whole episode. It's a nice shift. So Misty and co walk into the building and search around to try and find Psyduck. And what do they find? They find a room full of cages with sad Pokemon. So sad. It's a very dark room as well. Yeah. And they also find Psyduck, which has for some reason got tape on its eyes. I don't get the joke. It's supposed to look more alert, maybe? Either that or they're being very racist and saying that if your eyes look more Asian, it makes you smarter. I'm kind of hoping that's not a thing that they did. I'm hoping that's not the joke. I'm hoping that's not the joke as well. So then what happens? They overhear the owners talking because they can talk through this conveyor belt. Oh yeah, they have like a conveyor belt from the cage room to another room where they're stacking up all the best Pokemon to ship to the boss. And the two evil people behind this operation are Butcher and Cassidy. Yeah, they're like... Bad. Like, they're actually evil members of Team Rocket. Yeah, they seem to be like actual competent members of Team Rocket. I hate them. Yeah, I don't like them. They're not as good as our little dorks. They are just Team Rocket, but without all the fun elements. Granted, they are competent in their job. They can do the job, but they're not fun. (laughs) No, they're boring. Look at their costumes. For starters... Butch is playing a guy. James rarely plays the guy. <laughs> Second of all, they have Eradicate instead of a Meowth. It's, no, it can't talk. And Jessie's got better hair because I'm pretty sure she could impale someone with it. Also, Butch's voice is just awful. He sounds like he's been smoking 40 packs of cigarettes a day. He's the worst. I really don't like Butch and Cassidy. And they're a play on Butch Cassidy, the cowboy or outlaw or something like that i don't know i forgot i just came so close to headbutting this microphone just like face palm into it but yeah snap comes up with a great idea he'll take pictures of the place so everyone can see it it's like yeah snap that's called evidence it's what people do it's 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 an idea it's not a thing you've come up with but no one else has ever thought to take pictures of things before that's the only thing todd knows how to do everything is pictures for him so butch and cassidy's boss appears on screen and we find out it's giovanni because they are also part of team rocket and they mentioned how they don't understand how giovanni can put up with jesse and james I'm like you leave our dorks alone i know it's so mean they are our garbage babies and we love them do not insult them they have done so much more good in this world than ash has ever done they've caused so many pokemon to evolve or learn the move or do the thing for the best so butch notices that there's flashes coming from the other room and goes around to investigate yeah because misty asks Todd to take a photo of the conveyor belt and he goes round into the room and everybody's all hiding and they've got Pikachu in a cage that I assume is unlocked. He says oh I think the Pikachu's the one causing the flashes. I'm like okay that's a good use of of a Pokemon on a whim. It's actually smart. Yeah but then they try to open Psyduck's cage to get Psyduck out and suddenly Team Rocket appear at the window. (laughs) Like good Team Rocket not bad Team Rocket. Jesse, James and Meowth. Yeah because they're the best. Because they're going to break in and steal Team Rocket's Pokemon for Team Rocket. To give to the boss. 
I'm like, oh god, they're the worst. I also feel like their clothes, they seem to be the only ones who have the white uniform. Maybe that's like the old uniform that they had, or it's like one they've made themselves. Or maybe they're different ranks, I don't know. But I just feel like Team Rocket are so, like, our Team Rocket, not this phony group. I just feel like they try so hard, but they're just losers in every aspect and it's the best so then the gang are talking to them saying how they want to help break pokemon out and then the motto music starts playing and cassidy and butch reveal themselves to be part of team rocket except they have a motto that's slightly different to jesse and james's it's more evil yeah and they even have eradicate to fill in for meowth's role it's bad I don't like it. Then they tell Jesse and James that they're stealing the boss's Pokemon and what are they going to do? Because they could probably lose their job over it and they're groveling on the floor. And whilst this is happening, the gang's escaping. And as they escape, Cassie and Butch spot them and try and stop them. And then James, just out of nowhere, says, oh, look, this is where I left my victory bell. And he's got a victory bell now. No, he had a weeping bell, apparently, that he left and it evolved. Did he have a weeping bell? Nope, but he did. When did this happen? I'm pretty sure this hasn't happened nope no idea yeah so like he's got a victory bell now apparently from nowhere just collects a victory bell that apparently left there as a weeping bell no idea when he got it but he has a victory bell now so ash and co get caught in this cage as they're escaping all except misty pikachu and togepi and they leave and it cuts to officer jenny and the gang are all locked up apart from misty who's escaped and instead of actually talking to anybody officer jenny's just took the kids and team rocket and put them in prison so 10-year-olds can be sent to prison now. Yep. So Misty needs to come up with a way to free everybody by exposing the truth. And she goes, oh, wait, Snap had that camera. I can probably do that thing where they had photos of all the stuff. So the next day she goes back in costume or in like a hat and a jacket and tries to get Psyduck back. So when Cassidy leaves to go get Psyduck, she lets Pikachu out. And Pikachu goes and off and finds the camera and finds it like pretty quickly and pretty easily. It's just left on a desk somewhere. Didn't, like, destroy the camera or delete the photos or anything? Nope. Just left it completely intact. That was such a short scene, I thought it would last longer. It's literally just, Pikachu, go find the camera. Got it. Okay, bye. It didn't feel like a build-up to anything. It was it was a really quick little thing that happened. And then we cut to the rest of the gang and Team Rocket are all in holding cells, trying to prove that they're innocent. And James is fawning over this victory bell, which he got from somewhere. Then Misty arrives with this camera and shows off to Jenny. And she's like, oh, yeah, I can see these things were there now. I should have really looked at the place before, but I didn't because, you know, why? But now you've shown me the photos of the place. I guess everybody's free except Team Rocket. Because I think, was it Ash who says, you guys were there to steal the Pokemon anyway? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he basically just drops them in it, even though they've helped them before. Like, they kind of should be, like, at least friends a little bit maybe i don't know what relationship can you have with someone who's trying to steal your pokemon so they go back to the center with everybody and ash has to do his like token bit of fighting so he he uses pikachu and then uses bulbasaur using a little bit of stock footage of him throwing that pokeball and then there's bulbasaur flying through the air with a random background and then just they get attacked so the minimum amount of bulbasaur and then butch and cassidy get arrested and taken away and then we cut to the gang and they're at that restaurant with Misty clearing like several plates of food and Ash is telling her to just take it easy. I'm like, well, no, don't take it easy on food because of her. The food's free. Why don't you shut your mouth out? All you've done today is just try and steal Psyduck off Misty and then say that she should slow down on eating food. Ash is a garbage person. Not a good garbage person like Team Rocket. The true Team Rocket. Like the good Team Rocket, not this fake Team Rocket. But yeah, speaking of Team Rocket, 
Jesse and James are now like digging out of prison. They got shovels from somewhere. I assume Meowth built them out of, I don't know, tinfoil. And then it cuts to the gang and they're at a fork in a road saying goodbye to Snap who's leaving now because he's advertised the Pokemon Snap games and his job is done and off they go. Like that's the ending. The ending is so quick. It's, oh, we got the camera and then, oh, we've saved everybody. We've gone and arrested Cassidy and Brett. Everybody's free now. We've eaten the food and we've gone by. It just felt so rushed at the end. Now they've officially said goodbye to Snap. Thank God. Because they've advertised the Pokemon Snap games. He can go and be part of the games now. I'm so glad he's gone. Yeah, and me. He was so, like, he didn't need to be there, but they've somehow needed him in every episode for plot to happen. Favourite thing? Misty's good. She did good this episode. I remember last episode saying how I think it might be a Brock episode, but I'm kind of glad that it's a Misty episode. What about your favourite thing? It's not a favourite thing, but I also want to comment on how like, I like Team Rocket in this episode. I mean, they... They weren't as big as they were in the last couple episodes. They had small parts, but they were still enjoyable. And then we got this fake Team Rocket. My favourite thing was just like how James has a a victory bell for no reason, out of nowhere. No one's questioning him on it. It's there for a joke now because it just keeps trying to eat him. Yeah, it's trying to ingest him and dissolve him with the stomach acid it has. James now just comes with a victory bell on his head most of the time. Overall thoughts? It's bad filler. Yeah, it was bad and it just it was drawing out the episode for no reason. Like We didn't need this. We didn't need to go to this place. We didn't need Todd here. We didn't need to go to this breeding centre. All we've got from this is Cassidy and Butch, but that's like knockoff Team Rocket. I don't like them. I don't like them either. They're not as good. That's all I have to say about them is just I don't like them. I feel like they were there to show us how competent Team Rocket members work and they were succeeding in their job, but it also showed us how important Team Rocket's stupidness is. Like, we can value how clumsy and stupid they are and it's good. It was Pokemon trying to be serious and it doesn't work. It's not fun. Now it's time for Mono A Mono, where we'll talk about the similarities and the differences in these episodes. So, let's start with our Monsters of the Week. My Monster of the Week was Pikachu, because Pikachu was really cute and adorable as always, and was also quite smart and useful in this episode. I mean, yeah, it was it was useful for the covering Todd's camera. I mean, did he have to have the flash on? Yes, it was a dark room. It was a good use of Pikachu, and Pikachu was kind of adorable in this. Plus, it was good to see Pikachu with Misty instead of Ash. I like the little shot of Pikachu jumping out of the jacket, because I imagine like Togepi and Pikachu in the jacket zipped up, like sitting there being all snug and cosy. That'd be quite cute. Pikachu's adorable. Pikachu is adorable. My monster is Victory Bell, because like, seriously, where did it come from? I don't know. Or it might just be that he actually gets it out of nowhere. Which episode do you think had the best storyline? Neither. Neither's good. One's padding, the other is filler. Yeah, I think we just have to say Pokemon because Digimon had nothing to it. The, yeah, there was at least there was at least storyline to to, uh, to Pokemon. There was a thread. Digimon was just nothing. <laughs> at least Misty got to eat ice cream. That's that's good enough. Were there any similarities between these episodes? Both episodes were pointless. Pretty much. We could have done without both of these. I've said that they both have dark places in them, and I've also said that they both introduce new villains that don't need to be there and should go away. Here's a question. Who did you dislike more, Apocalymon or Butch and Cassidy? Apocalymon, because I think we're supposed to dislike Butch and Cassidy because obviously they're they're this other Team Rocket. I think they're written in a certain way that they're supposed to be ones that we go, oh, they're awful people. Wait, so you dislike Apocalymon more because you dislike Butch and Cassidy more? No, I think we're supposed to dislike Butch and Cassidy in that way. With Apocalymon, we're supposed to be like, oh, he's scared of a Pokemon. It's the big ultimate evil. But in, in the end, I'm just like, oh, he's not scary, which is what he's supposed to be. He's just annoying. 
But I think, honestly, I dislike Butch and Cassidy more. Is it because we have other Team Rocket? Yes. They're just imposters. I hate them. Differences? It's not so much differences. It's, I'm not sure this is more of a similarity, but they both kind of do what the other series usually tries to do. Like, like Digimon's filled with more jokes than usual and is really empty, which is what Pokemon usually does. And Pokemon has these villainous characters and stealing Pokemon for real and is a bit more serious than usual, which is more like what Digimon does. They've kind of swapped roles and neither of them have done it well. Also, like, yeah, one's basically like stock footage, whilst the other's new footage, but it also didn't do anything to progress the plot apart from like say goodbye to this rando who's with them for no reason other than to advertise a game. I'd love to know when this came out and when the Pokemon Snap game came out. So I feel like they're going to be the same time. Which episode did you enjoy the most? Digimon? Yeah, I haven't got an answer to this because like I didn't enjoy either of them. Pokemon was just... It had characters I genuinely just dislike a lot. I mean, it's, it's three against one. It's Butch, Cassidy and Todd against Apocalymon. And Apocalymon's not as bad as those three. <laughs> so it's less that I prefer Digimon. It's more that I disliked it less. It was more just okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool, so that means the point goes to Digimon. Yeah, it does. Which means it's 28-25 to Digimon, and that Digimon has won this first season. Yeah, that's good, I suppose. If Pokemon just did a decent episode, it might have still had a chance of at least drawing. But no, it's just more filler with bad characters. Join us again next time, where we'll be watching episode 54. Princess versus Princess and the Fate of Two Worlds. I love how they're so different, though. Like, one of them is just the fate of two worlds is being destroyed, like, is, is in the balance. And then there's two princesses, and they're going to, I don't know, fight. You can listen to more of us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher, where we like getting reviews and comments. And you can message us via our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, with the World Thread, and email, which are all linked in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Butterfree, Primeape, almost Pikachu. <laughs>